All right, a couple of things here uh, we'll get to. As I said, we'll get to Ira on the uh, trade, which it, it, it's interesting. Like this, I don't think Cleveland helped themselves to where there is any better. I don't think they're that much. I mean, you can make a case that they're almost as good. I mean, but probably will fall off a little bit in their quest of a championship in, ter- in, in terms of their matchup against Golden State if they should play again. I still think they would be the favorite to be in the finals just because of LeBron. So we'll get to that trade uh, in a little while. Uh, it was a wild day uh, from a uh, a societal and cultural uh, aspect. Number one, you have Hank Aaron coming out in support of Kaepernick, saying that he believes that Kaepernick is being discriminated against which I completely and utterly disagree with. But Hank Aaron made a video basically asking the NFL to give Kaepernick another chance. And now the NCAA, the NCAA uh, you know, NAACP, the NAACP, has asked for a meeting with the commissioner based on the fact that they say that Kaepernick is being discriminated against. Now, Kaepernick can only be being discriminated against if he is being colluded against, which means you have to be stating that these teams are doing this in conjunction with one another, that they have gotten together and have decided we're not touching Kaepernick. Because otherwise, it's just football decisions. Otherwise, if it's a team, and a couple teams have come close but nobody has has brought him in yet or signed him yet. And to me, this is just based on the fact that you have a player who you know is going to carry excess baggage, you know is going to cause issues as far from a media standpoint and maybe from a locker room standpoint. And you weigh that against whether or not he could help your team. And as I've stated before, I do not believe this is a case where he is being blackballed. Nor do I believe he's being discriminated against. I really don't. Because I think it's about each owner weighing whether or not he thinks it's worth the headache to bring Kaepernick in. So unless you believe that these guys are colluding. And listen, I wouldn't put it past the NFL to collude. I told you yesterday that the NFL was completely and 100% corrupt when it came to how they they handled the information about CTE. And when they were confronted by an unknown pathologist from Pittsburgh who had done his own work on Mike Webster after he had died in a horrific way, and had then linked together four players and had found a common thread and believed he had discovered that this was because of their play in the NFL, which was proved to be 100% correct. The NFL did everything they could to bully him, to try and run him out of the country, to try and belittle him, and, and to try to basically bury his information rather than embrace it. They were nothing short of criminal and corrupt in how they handled that situation. 
But in this situation, I do not believe that there is any unison in the league. I don't think this is something that the league has put forth. I don't think this is something that owners have gotten together on. I think they are just weighing whether or not Kaepernick is good enough to bring in and worth it. To basically, you have to deal with the baggage that he brings. And I think that's really the question somebody answers. And if somebody gets to the point where they think he is, they'll bring him in. And to me, here's my point on it. If, if you were talking about a player, if Kaepernick was you know, Aaron Rodgers, but Tom Brady had that kind of ability. He'd be, in, or, or he was Cam Newton. He'd be in today. He'd be in the camp right now. They would overlook that stuff, and they would say, "Hey, he can help me win," because that's all they care about. They want somebody in there that can help them win, and that is what I completely believe. So I don't think this is a case for the NAACP. Uh, to me, I think Hank Aaron is completely off base. Listen, Hank Aaron has a right to speak about whatever he wants. He went through incredible racism. The stuff he went through when he was trying to just hit home runs and break a record was outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. And he showed great courage, and he went through it, and, you know, quietly and in a dignified manner. So, I mean, everyone has holds Hank Aaron in great high esteem. But I just think in this case, it's just not true. I do not believe that's where the NFL is. I don't think this is a concerted effort. I just think this is teams that have decided he's just not worth the trouble. I don't think it's any more complicated than that. I really don't. Now, where we go from there, we'll see. The other story is we now have a full-time assistant in the league again, a female assistant. And, you know, when I made the comments I made a while ago from a call that got all that attention, the point I was trying to make, which got so overlooked in the whole th- the way people reacted to it, was until you get women into the pipeline of these sports as assistant coaches, as part of the league, and this is the only assistant coach in the league who's a female. I, that she's openly gay, who cares? I mean, that, that to me isn't even a paragraph in the story. The bottom line, though, is until there are, until it's not a story, you will not have women as head coaches. Same goes for baseball. In basketball, they're farther along, but again, it's going to be nothing short of a rarity. Do you know there is not, in any prominent spot, there is not a female assistant on a college basketball level, and that's the sport that they're the closest in terms of parity. They're way ahead in basketball compared to where they are in football and baseball. Because in football and baseball, it's just not there. They don't, they don't have the sport on the high enough level on their own as far as their own gender to basically make the transition. Like a Pat Summit, God rest her soul, could have easily coached the men at Tennessee. She could have gotten the job. And I think she would have done a good job. She was one of the great coaches. She could have done that. But for someone else to be in that position is going to be very, very hard. And it's going to take a lot of time for that to happen. And this is the first step. But it's going to be way past when it's a story that you have a female assistant. When it's no longer a story that you have a female assistant, then you are starting to make inroads to where you can get females actually running the sports. 
because first they have to have a lot of them make inroads into these teams. And this is just the first. You had a young lady in Buffalo. I don't know where she went after she left, but she was in quality control in Buffalo, which is before you get your own position, it's like a, it's like a step below being your own position coach. You can be an assistant to an assistant. So you can be the assistant offensive line coach or the assistant special team coach, or you can be a quality control coach. Now, the young lady, I'm not sure. It didn't say what position that she was, was coaching. I've got to look and see what position she's coaching. I'm not sure. I have to look, I have to look at that in a minute. I'm not sure what position she's, uh, is she working on. I don't know what her exact title is. Name is... Uh, Katie Sowers, and she will be with the 49ers. Um, what, what position? Full-time offensive assistant doesn't answer a question for me. What position is she coaching? Okay, mostly with wide receivers, which means she's not in charge of a position yet. So she's not even yet a full-fledged assistant because she's in a, listen, these, these teams now have so many coaches in the NFL that you actually have assistants, like you have line coach, you have receiver coach, you have a tight end coach, you have an offensive line lines coach, and you have assistant coaches at a lot of these positions now. You have assistant offensive line coach, assistant wide receiver coach. They have that many coaches now. I mean, it used to be in the old days. I remember when the league didn't even have full-fledged special teams coaches. Very few teams had even special teams coaches. You go back, this league has expanded to where now teams have staffs in the 20s with assistance. The NFL, it's like, it's amazing how many coaches you have now on these teams. It has grown unbelievably. You will have the head coach. You have offensive and defensive coordinators. One of them will usually be the assistant head coach. You'll have a quarterback coach. Sometimes you'll have an assistant quarterback coach. You'll have offensive line coach, defensive line coach, linebacker coach, deep back coach. Sometimes you'll have a quality control guy on defense. You'll have a quality control person on offense. You will also have assistants at the positions. You'll have a tight end coach. You'll have offensive line coach. You'll have sometimes two, and you'll have a wide receiver coach, running back coach, and sometimes assistants for three or four of those, not maybe every position, but a lot of the positions. So you're talking about an incredible number of assistants per team now for these teams. It has grown just unbelievably. You're like the chairman of the board when you're an NFL coach now. You have to coach so many coaches. It is unbelievable. I mean, we've seen these coaches expand dramatically in these sports. Absolutely, dramatically. And that's why when you get a guy now who's even still, like let's say a quarterback, let's say he's a head coach and he's an offensive coordinator, that's rare now. We are in such an age of specialization, we have it broken down to the most minute part of the team now. I mean, broken into such, uh, into such departments that you wind up having, again, sometimes over 20 coaches on a, on a staff. So now you have the second ever full-time coach, and we wish her well. So again, uh, it's a long way from there to the head coach, but again, you know what? You're never going to have it happen until you get coaches because the avenue is not there for, from being there for, from players. Remember, 
if you're a player now, the sport is so specialized now. If you're a player, it is very hard to go from being a player to get a full-time position as an assistant coach now. Most times, they will make you first be an assistant or they'll make you work in quality control or then they'll make you be an assistant to a position coach. And these are for players who were in the league a long time. And a lot of them don't want to pay those dues. But that's still the easiest way to get into the league. That or come from the college level. And the college level, again, there are not a lot of females in any of those positions, even on the college level. So that's why you don't have the pipeline. Until you do, you're not going to have the candidates. But it's still a step in the right direction. And then the third thing is this, and this just shows you how warped we are now. Let's be honest. ESPN takes a kid off a, a young announcer who I don't know, name Robert Lee. He was going to do the game next week between William and Mary and Virginia at the University of Virginia on ESPN, and it was going to be on ESPN digital. It was not going to be on the cable network. It was going to be done digitally. It was William and Mary against Virginia in their home opener. In Charlottesville, where obviously we had the trouble. And ESPN decided because his name was Robert Lee, that they were much better off and really ahead of the curve and going to make sure nothing, you know, in terms of any controversy was started by him being at the game. So they took him off that game and put him on another game. And now they are being just blasted across the country for this ridiculous action. And let's be honest, it is a ridiculous overreaction. I mean, are we to the point where we have to go that far? This is an announcer, and again, he's not a well-known announcer. I don't know if any of us, again, he was doing the game digitally. He is an Asian-American broadcaster. Fairly young guy. I don't know if he goes by Bobby or he goes by Robert Lee. I don't know. But because he shares the name uh, of the obviously the guy who was part of the whole controversy last week, Robert E. Lee, they take him off the game. We've come to that level now. Just think, just think about where we are from a standpoint of how sensitive and how utterly ridiculous things have gotten. We can't get we can't we can't get to this level, can we? I mean, do we have to? Does ESPN even have to think of such things? And I understand now that you know they've become the uh, object of scorn and ridicule because they did this. And I think they did it with their hearts in the right place, but it just shows you how ridiculously overly sensitive we've become to things that that could even possibly happen. On a game that was going to be digitally broadcast to a rather small and select audience along ESPN's digital network. This was not even on their network. This was not even a game that was going to be televised to the nation. It was a game that was going to be done digitally. And he was taken off the game. Amazing. Back after this.